Hello to my wonderful Facebook family and Facebook friends. It's great to be with you today. It is the middle of summer officially. It's hot in Texas and it's going to be hotter before it gets cooler, but uh, it's all about where you are and what your expectations are and we expect it to be hot in July in Texas. I hope you're having a good day. I'm really looking forward to the lesson today. It's actually a part two. We looked at part one on Tuesday of the Helmet of Salvation. And today's lesson, we're just going to have a little bit of fun. I'm going to tell a few, a couple of little funny lists and stories, and that, uh, that always lightens things up a little bit. But I figure if we're talking about the Helmet of Joy, and we're looking at the Helmet of Salvation as the Helmet of Joy, then, well, we, we all have a little fun with that. And I hope that you have a little fun in life and that you have a little fun uh, as a Christian. I, I think it's really important that we, uh, you know, that we actually uh, have uh, the blessing of joy in our lives. I mean, we have the blessing of Christ. We have the blessing of salvation. And this lesson in particular, I hope, will bring that out and remind us <laughs> of that. Uh, Ephesians 6, verse 17, the first part of that verse is the one that we're actually basing this lesson on. In the middle of that passage that talks about the armor of God and how we're to take on the full armor, the panoply of God, so that we can be able to stand uh, ultimately and eternally, uh, one of those uh, objects in that armor of God is um, the helmet. We talked about that on Tuesday from the Roman soldier's perspective and how important that is uh, and shared a little bit about the new importance that we place on that because of our daughter Amanda's. A couple of years especially, but um, the helmet is vital. Uh, we're all to protect our uh, our head, our brain, it's uh, our skull, it's absolutely essential. And we spoke about how important it is to wear a helmet when you're uh, working in construction or uh, when you're playing football or riding a motorcycle or uh, certainly in battle. Uh, law enforcement wears uh, helmets, military wears helmets. It's just, it's just the right thing to do in those situations. And, uh, and so today we're talking about that helmet of salvation again from Ephesians 6, 17, but we're talking about it from the perspective of the helmet of joy. So it's nice to see a few folks already joining us. Hello to my dear friends from Arlington, Lenny and Joe Aller. They're kind of friends and they're also kind of family. Uh, we, uh, we see them as our What a blessing it was to see you on Sunday. I'm still kind of riding a little bit of a high because of being able to see you in that pew uh, with all of your family on Sunday. It, it just has been a wave that I've ridden all this week, uh, to be quite honest. Um, but let's talk about the helmet of salvation and talk about it from the perspective of the helmet of joy. We shared a few scriptures on Tuesday that talk about the joy in the Christian life such as 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18, uh, which tells us to rejoice always, to pray continually, pray without ceasing, pray constantly, uh, and in everything to give thanks. And so that idea of rejoicing always, and it comes from a, a heart of gratitude, giving thanks in all circumstances. 
Uh, we think back, and of course, on prayer as well. And we think on also on that scripture in Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 4, where Paul, writing from prison, says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Even in the midst of a prison, not knowing his fate, thinking that he's going to be released, according to the book of Philippians. But obviously, until it happens, it hasn't happened. And so he says, look, rejoice always. And how can you do that? Well, you can do that because you're rejoicing in the Lord. <laughs> you can only rejoice always if you're wearing that helmet of salvation. And that's why I think the helmet of salvation truly is the helmet of joy. And so I, I uh, want to share a few things about that. I think it's important for us to remember. And uh, it's always good for us to have a little bit of a sense of humor. And I, I think it's okay to smile. Uh, you know, we rejoice always. And I've heard it said that, uh, you know, Christians are sometimes when you see them at church, they seem to be quite unhappy. And I'm not sure that's a good thing. Uh, Joyce and I have always tried to exhibit joy in our lives. And we've been around people uh, that exhibit joy in their lives, and it's such a great blessing, and and the joy primarily should come, as Paul says, from being in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. Uh, rejoice always. Pray constantly. Uh, in everything, give thanks. It doesn't mean we deny the difficulties of life. It just says we don't let those difficulties define us. Uh, the The salvation that comes through Jesus Christ is what defines us, and so how can we not be joyful? I've heard it said that Christians, you know, if they're, 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 they say that they're happy, they say that they're rejoicing, but somebody ought to tell their face. <laughs> well, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe we should be smiling a little bit more. I think you can still smile in a reverent way in the worship assembly. That's okay. Um, I don't think, I think Jesus smiled a lot. Uh, we see a few windows into that um, possibility as he brings the children to him, as he kind of it's like, uh, you know, it's, it'd be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. Well, that's, I can't imagine that that didn't draw a few smiles as well as a few question marks that we still have even today. So I do believe that Jesus was one who smiled a lot, who enjoyed life on this earth. And it's because of that special relationship that we, he had with the Father. And I think that Romans 8 and so many other passages, the book of Galatians, teach us that we have that same relationship with the Father through Jesus. Uh, he is the one and only unique Son, the only begotten, as John 3.16 puts it in a couple of versions. Uh, but we also have been adopted as sons. Romans 8 saying uh, so strongly that we too can refer to the Father as Abba, Father, our dear, dear Father. It's a great, it's what Jesus referred to his Father as in, in his most difficult moment as he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And so I think it's okay for us to have that joy as well. As we mentioned on Tuesday, Hebrews 12, uh, the writer of Hebrews says, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, scorned its shame, sat down at the right hand of, of the Almighty Father in heaven. Uh, even in the midst of, of all of those things that happened to him, we'll be talking about how sorrows in life uh, can either be a faith builder or a joy stealer. We'll be talking about that in our Bible class here at West Irwin Church of Christ in Tyler, Texas 
on Sunday morning. And one of the examples we'll use is, is Jesus himself, how he went through such difficulties in this life and in this world, and yet he did not let it steal his joy. And he, uh, of course, was able to share and go through those things as an example for us. So, um, you know, it's good for us to have a life of joy. It's good for us to have a little bit of a sense of humor. And so I like lists. I've got a couple of them for you uh, today. And here's the first one. Uh, it's, it's one of those bulletin blooper lists. You know, you, you see those every so often of, from church bulletins where there was a, whoops, I don't think they meant to say exactly that. Well, here's a few of those kinds of things. For example, for those of you who have children and don't know it, we have a nursery downstairs. <laughs> I like that. Uh, the Low Self-Esteem Support Group will meet Thursday at 7 p.m. Please use the back door. <laughs> I don't think they meant to put those quite so closely together. The eighth graders will be presenting Shakespeare's Hamlet in the church basement Friday at 7 p.m. The congregation is invited to attend this tragedy. <laughs> Maybe you ought to Google. <laughs> love that uh, love that and, <clears throat> and then one more I really like this one don't let worry kill you off let the church help <laughs> I, I just love stuff like that I think it's it, it's good for us to be able to smile it's good for us to be able to laugh at ourselves and and I, I think that's the way our Lord was I think he kept things in perspective had a good balance in life and I think we need that too and we're saved by the blood of Christ. Our sins have been forgiven. How can we not be joyful? How can we not smile and rejoice and share the joy that comes from deep within us, no matter what the outside circumstances are? Again, we don't deny when those things are difficult, but at the same time, we don't let them steal our joy from us and rob us of the wonderful blessing that we have of being in Christ. And so uh, we take on that helmet of salvation but we also recognize that when we do, our lives are forever changed for the better. And so we see that as a helmet of joy. So a few things briefly about what this helmet of salvation, this helmet of joy uh, really does and really means. It points us, first of all, to a life of joyful serving, serving God and serving others. Jesus, when asked what's the greatest commandment, he gave the top two because they are forever joined together. Uh, and that is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind from Deuteronomy 6, and also to love your neighbor as yourself, Leviticus 19, verse 18. Uh, Jesus said the top two are to, to love and serve God and to love and serve your neighbor as yourself. And so when we take up that helmet of salvation, as we said on, on Tuesday, we talked about how to get it, <laughs> the response of faith, and so if you have questions about that or want to share a lesson about that with someone, Tuesday's lesson on Facebook and on our website would be a great place to go for that. But we also said that it means not just getting the helmet of salvation and the helmet of joy, but living it. Living that life that, that is joyful, that is a life that recognizes uh, that we have salvation. And so that I better do it. Uh, several years ago, there were some business leadership books that uh, talked about a term called TDC, 
T is in Tom, D is in dog, C is in cat, TDC, and they stand for thinly disguised contempt. <laughs> I love that term. It's stuck with me all these years. Thinly disguised contempt. You know, it's one of those things where you're being waited on at the restaurant or at the retail store or somewhere else, and the person, you know, they have to treat you kindly, quote unquote, and respectfully to keep their job. But at the same time, you know they don't want to, and you know they don't like to. And though they're saying the right things, you can tell that underneath that disguise, there's great contempt. And the disguise is very thin. That's the idea behind that term. And unfortunately, even we Christians uh, live that way also. When we're called upon to serve, when we have the opportunity, God's kingdom, we should never do it with thinly disguised contempt. We should never do it um, begrudgingly because we just we just don't really want to do it, but because we feel like we have to, we will. Or because we feel like we're going to get in trouble or get caught, then we will. Well, those aren't good, good things. That's not the right motivation. A more mature, Christ-like motivation is we do that with joy. Again, for the joy set before him. He endured the cross and scorned its shame. Yes, he hurt. Yes, uh, he was in pain. Yes, he cried out to the Father. All of those things are true. But what's also true is that underneath all of that, he had that joy that was set before him of being obedient to the will of the Father. Remember what he prayed in the garden, not my will but yours be done. And that's what we do as well. And so when we understand what God's will is and we have the opportunity to do it, we do that. And we do that with great joy. Uh, we live a life of joy. Son of man, even Jesus himself did not come to be served, but to serve. And so we live a life of joyful serving. That's what it means to have the helmet of salvation, which is the helmet of joy. But it's not just a life of joyful serving. It's a life of joyful sharing. A life of joyful sharing and I wanted to speak about that from two perspectives one is our material blessings we share our material blessings and we do that joyfully or in the words of 2nd Corinthians 8 and 9 we do that cheerfully cheerfully for God loves a cheerful giver we're willing givers we are willing to share our material blessings with others we never see them as something to be held on to tightly but rather something to hold on to with an open hand so that when called upon and when it's needed and necessary for us to share some of those we're willing to do it because we recognize first of all that those things aren't ours anyway they've been given to us by a God who gave us some things that the things that we don't deserve and so why should we not be willing to share those things with others who need them and and to share those things when they can help. Whether it's our money, or our time, our energy, uh, our home, our, our vehicles, whatever it might be, uh, we're willing to do that because we see those things as physical, material blessings that we're very grateful for and need and use. But we also see those things as gifts from God. And so we're willing to share uh, those things. Great passages, the church from the very beginning in Acts chapter two, and then again in Acts chapter 4, what they, they sold things. They, they helped supply the, the ones who were in their number, uh, and I'm sure in their community, as, as much as they could, the, the basic needs that they had. 
And so those who had more, as the principle of 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 says, those who had more were willing to give up some of that so that those who didn't have enough would have enough. Uh, what a great blessing it is to be able to joyfully, cheerfully, willingly share our blessings uh, with others, the blessings that God has given to us. Uh, but I want us to speak not only today of joyfully sharing our physical, material blessings, but joyfully sharing our spiritual blessings, the message of Jesus Christ. You know, the Apostle Peter uh, in 1 Peter 3 said that we should always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks about the hope that we have. We do that with gentleness and respect, consideration, all of those things. But we, first of all, live lives of hope and joy and then when someone wonders why in the world we would feel that way, because they know us, they know that we don't have any more than they do. We're not living in a situation that's any better than theirs. And yet they don't have that kind of joy because they don't have that kind of hope. And they ask us about that. And we tell them, well, it's because I have put on the helmet of salvation. And I'd love for you to do that too. Can we chat about that for just a moment? And I'll tell you how I became a Christian. And maybe sometime you might want to do the same. Uh, as we have said before, you tell the story by telling your story. Tell who had an influence in your life and, and tell about that moment when you were baptized into Jesus Christ. When you did that response of faith we talked about on Tuesday. And then tell them about your life uh, since then. And how Jesus has meant everything to you and has provided all the joy that you could have. You know, Jesus with his disciples, as we said in those chapters of John, chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, he, and even 17, when he prayed, he, he called them and told them that he's doing all of these things so that they might have joy and that their joy would be full. And, and Jesus was about to be betrayed and denied and forsaken and crucified. And his disciples, within a, a matter of months, really, would begin to be persecuted and would see their lives torn apart physically and uh, according to the standards of this world, and yet, and yet no one could touch their joy. Uh, people want to know how to, how to get that, and that's how we should be living our lives, so that they will see that and so that they will know. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul says, you know, we've, we've been reconciled to God. And, and because of that, he has called us to the ministry of reconciliation. And so we tell others uh, what happened in our lives so that the same thing can happen to them. We're, we're ambassadors for Christ, it says in 2 Corinthians 5. And as such, we tell people our story. We share with them the wonderful news that Jesus died for their sins. And then we encourage them to respond in faith. Uh, the, the helmet of salvation is a helmet of joy. What does that look like in life? Well, it calls us to live a life of joyful serving, of serving others. Secondly, it calls us to live a life of joyful sharing, sharing our material possessions with others, sharing the message of Christ, our spiritual blessings with others. And, uh, and of course, it calls us to live a life of, of joy, period. And I think one of the great places where that comes out as in our singing. Um, scripture tells us in James chapter 5 verse 13, you know the one, the passage that says, uh, is any of you sick? Then let them pray. It also says, if anyone of you is happy, let them 
sing. <laughs> Let them sing. And you say, well, Bill, I don't sing very well. Well, you know, I've, I've, I've felt for a long, long time and believed very strongly that God, there are two things I believe, well, a lot of things I believe about God, but two of the things I believe about God is that he's tone deaf and colorblind. I don't think he sees us in our human form. I don't think he sees us for the color that we have. And I wish that we, uh, as a nation and as a people, as a church even, uh, as Christians and Christian families could do the same. But I believe also that God is tone deaf. I think when he hears our singing, he doesn't hear the notes and the music, although that gives us great encouragement. that we did and that others had done and we had seen and where you have the whole group up there and they're a choir and they're they're singing and everybody sounds so joyful and so beautiful except for one person and they're singing horribly and they're off key and they don't have the words i mean it's just horrible and everybody's looking at them and you're thinking good grief what's going on and and the caveat is that's what we hear and then it goes from there to what god hears and it looks at the, what the individuals are actually thinking as they're singing. <laughs> One of the ladies says, oh, why, oh, why, oh, why did they build a church building right across the street from a bakery? I'm starving. <laughs> you know, someone else says, well, who's that cute guy over there? Who's that cute girl over there? Um, you know, someone else says, uh, man, I can't believe that this is just going to go on forever. I mean, there's all kinds of things like that. But then the one person who was singing so off key and so horribly, when it comes to the point of, here's what God hears from that person, then they, they begin to sing absolutely beautifully, flawlessly, wonderfully. Why? Because God hears the heart. God hears the heart. And so I think when we sing, we should sing with gusto, we should sing with uh, genuine sincerity and genuine joy. And so I wanna share, you know, that I wanna share this list from, uh, um, it's called the top 10 list of why people don't joyfully sing out in church worship services. Love it. Love it. Number 10, I don't have any teeth. And when I sing or share the gospel, people notice. So I don't do those things. <laughs> Number nine, I don't sing good. I don't talk good either. Of course, that don't stop me from talking, just singing. <laughs> Number eight, no one where I sit sings out joyfully and I'm not interested in leading by being a good example. Okay, again, top 10 reasons why people don't sing out joyfully in church worship services. Number seven, since worship is all about me, it doesn't like the song leader and if I sing then people will think I do because I'm passive aggressive and tend to act like a spoiled six-year-old to get my way I refuse to sing and number five is related I don't like the song choices and if I sing then people will think I do because I'm passive aggressive and tend to act like a spoiled six-year-old to get my way I refuse to sing what a heart that's so far away from the heart that joyfully acknowledges Jesus died for me and I will gladly rejoice with those around me and sing his praises. Again, top 10 reasons why people don't sing, joy, sing out joyfully in church worship services. Number four, those scriptures that tell us to sing, they don't apply to me. <laughs> scriptures like Ephesians 5.19 and Colossians 3.16 that tell us based on our gratitude to sing out joyfully. 
Uh, number four says they don't apply to me. Number three, because I'm not that bad of a sinner like other folks, I don't feel much gratitude to God for sending his son to die for me. Yikes. Number two, I'm saving all my singing for heaven. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> Love that one. Nice try. And then the top reason, number one, the number one reason why people don't sing out joyfully in church worship services is this one. I don't feel any joy from my salvation. You see, the helmet of salvation is a helmet of joy. If you don't feel joy about your salvation, you don't get it. You don't get that you're a sinner. You don't get that the very Son of God took upon himself human form, and not just any human form, but the form of a servant. Philippians 2 says, and goes on to say that he took on our own, our death, and not just any death, but death on the cross. Uh, when we understand that, when we get that, and then that that tomb was empty, and then that there's the promise that our tomb will one day be empty as well, um, how can we not sing out joyfully? If you're not singing out joyfully in church, then I hope you repent. And I hope you decide to change that because it's not based on the song choices. It's not based on how well the leader leads. It's not based on what your watch says, how long we've been here, any of those things. It's based on the love that God showed to you by giving his son, Jesus Christ. And now you're wearing, you have taken on the helmet of salvation. And if you get it, if you understand it, you realize that helmet of salvation is a helmet of joy. Uh, if any one of you happy, let them sing psalms. Psalms 10, uh, Psalm 100 says, Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. He has made me glad. Well, if you're not glad, then it's not because of Jesus. And it's not because of the church, and it's not because of the church leaders, and it's not because of the song leader or the preacher. You don't get it. You don't get that we now can enter his courts with praise. And because of the gratitude and thankfulness in our hearts, how can we not? How can we not live lives of joy? And so we live a life of joy. We, we get it. You know, in, in Acts chapter 8, the Ethiopian treasurer, when he was, after he was baptized, the spirit took Philip away and the man went on his way rejoicing, it says. In uh, and, and Acts chapter 16, uh, when Lydia was baptized, she immediately looked around at the, at the men who were there, Paul and Silas and Timothy, and she's told them, hey, where are you guys staying tonight? Well, we don't know. For, well, you're coming home with me. She said, why? She got it. She understood that a life of joy calls her to be a servant and to joyfully serve. And she gladly did that. Probably became a great supporter of Paul. That Philippian church, the church at Philippi, one of the primary supporters financially of the Apostle Paul. And I have a feeling it was this Christian woman, Lydia, who got that going and was the mainstay of that. Uh, we all skip down a little bit more in Acts 16 and we read about that Philippian jailer, you know, the guy that was watching Paul and Silas while they were singing hymns of joy after being beaten and flogged. Uh, and he was watching them and then the earthquake and they could have gotten away, but they didn't. And he comes to them and he
himself down at them and they save him from killing himself and he says, what must I do to be saved? What can I do to have the joy that you guys have while you were in jail and being beaten? And, and they told him, believe on the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved in all your house. And they continued to speak the word of the Lord to him. And that night, that jailer and all of his family were baptized into Christ and they came, they rejoiced, Acts 16 says, because they had come to believe in God. They had come to believe in Jesus. They had put on that helmet of salvation. And so because of that, they lived a life of joy. So two things as we end today. Number one, have you put on the helmet of salvation? Have you done what that jailer and his family did? What Lydia did? What that Ethiopian official did? What Saul of Tarsus did? What I've done? What so many others have done? Respond in faith to the gospel of Jesus Christ and been baptized uh, for forgiveness of sins in the name of the resurrected Son of God. Uh, and come out of that water rejoicing and going on your way rejoicing. Are, have you put on the helmet of salvation? And then secondly, related to that, of course, is your helmet of salvation a helmet of joy? It should be. And if it's not, then you may want to ask yourself some questions. Why in the world not after what Jesus has done for me? I pray to God that your life is a life of joy. I pray to God that you have put on that helmet of salvation. And I pray to God that everyone around you sees you living that life of joy. God bless you.